from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Dr. Dan Ryan, President of Dowling Catholic High School in West Des Moines, and Deacon Vernon Dobelman, Executive Director of St. Albert Catholic Schools and Council Bluffs, to talk about how these schools are handling graduations during these trying times of COVID-19 and social distancing. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the Bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. It's good to have your graceful presence back in the studio uh, in your absence with your dad's decline Mm -hmm. and ultimate passing. Mm -hmm. Paul, uh, how are those rights? Condolences to you. And how's your family, your mom doing after? Yeah, Yeah, family's doing good. Uh, You know, it's a struggle for my mom, which you can imagine. Um, Mm -hmm. They're made for 57 years. 57 years. What a witness. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're all just, you know, now that we've broken the social distancing with our family, we're going to continue to visit her during this time. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so a grace in that respect, too. Yes. In that way. So, well, let me tell you, it was not easy here in the studio without you, not just keeping (laughs) track of time, but, you know, (laughs) carrying Jimmy and Deacon Tony on my back, you know, I was just like a one-man. Show so uh, ratings plummeted and all and, and everything without your your laughter and joy that you bring here but uh, yeah and uh, you know the joy of this season our anticipation of Pentecost a, a brilliant day here in Central Iowa but our thoughts very much with the people of Minneapolis St Paul mm-hmm. and kind of in the whole country and just you know the the, the mood uh, that now and mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of picking off a scab I think that mm-hmm. uh, that's always there in our country and kind of mm-hmm. that sense of you know we are not yet healed as a people and so mm-hmm. you know that uh, the spirit of God which brings uh, unity out of the babble if you mm-hmm. will but there's a lot of words being tossed about and mm-hmm. you know even our chief executive doesn't seem to be an agent of, of un- mm-hmm. unity in all mm-hmm. of this. Kind of can be very incendiary in that mm-hmm. way, throwing gas on the fire. So mm-hmm. I think uh, cool heads are prevailing. You know, we have to let justice prevail. But uh, when one looks at that uh, video of George Floyd and uh, what his encounter with the police officer Derek Chauvin, uh, very troubling, very mm-hmm. painful, and searing for all of us, regardless of race or, or anything. And I think that's kind of something that. Uh, Present in that that marvelous city, that great American city, but uh, mm-hmm. you know that the the subtext of of, of uh, wealth and race and all of those things becomes a very kind of cocktail of you know, of violence and our great respect for uh, our public safety officials, for police officers, and all mm-hmm. that they do, the role that they fulfill, and putting themselves on the line day after day. But we know it's just a few who can kind of uh, smear and tarnish uh, the reputation of all of them, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a little bit analogous, I think. To to, with the clergy, you know, and sexual abuse and all that goes on, you know, right. and how we are, they, they suffer as much, you know, the, the sins, if you will, of, of their brothers. So mm-hmm. we'll let the, the criminal justice system play itself out in this regard. But uh, we hope that people of, of, uh, of goodwill and, you know, that the, the, the response is more not one of, of violence and, and further chaos, but of people rising up, if you will, to, to profess our unity within this country and uh, people of faith, especially, and drawing from the spirit. Too. So, and I think we are always conscious that, you know, in our own backyard, you know, what can we be doing to uh, reach a hand out and to uh, not only uh, show our respect for our public safety officials and peace officers, 
but also to say, you know, what what are things that we can do to kind of overcome some of this divide? And so, could there be, uh, you know, with our, our city council, you know, the the uh, movement to craft some motions and resolutions in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ensuring that profiling isn't occurring, uh, and I think also just incentivizing perhaps uh, residential status in the city of Des Moines for for police officers and how being within the community, being you know, in that fabric day to day, promotes greater trust overcomes this divide. So I can't speak to the experience of, of an African-American man, what it is to, to be witnessed or stopped, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I find it troubling enough the times I've been stopped <laughs> with uh, due cause <laughs> in terms of speeding or other things like that. And so, uh, you know, the George Floyd, may he rest in peace, but uh, may there be peace that uh, the Spirit brings. One of the readings for the Vigil of Pentecost, kind of from Paul to the Romans chapter 8, we know all creation is groaning in labor pains even till now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. So uh, we need to be people of hope, but that groaning that we uh, suffer with all those who uh, suffer injustice in our country. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we return. We'll visit with our guest, Dr. Dan Ryan of Dowling Catholic. And Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're visiting with Dr. Dan Ryan, president of Dowling Catholic High School in West Des Moines, and Deacon Vernon Dobelman, executive director of St. Albert Catholic Schools in Council Bluffs, to talk about how schools are handling graduations during these trying times of COVID-19 and social distancing. Okay. Okay. Dr. Ryan's with us, and... uh... Dr. Ryan, I was out at Dowling this past uh, Wednesday as uh, you gave permission for the Holy Trinity uh, Parish community and their school to come together and uh, kind of have a little drive around appreciation to the eighth graders who themselves were looking for that. So uh, I got all uh, suited up in my Episcopal finery just to kind of pay tribute to them and the colors that were there. So it was kind of a fun and festive uh, time and uh, family members and others, grandparents, could kind of give them a shout out and appropriate social distance. So that was a, a unique thing in light of what we're about here. So uh, Dr. Ryan, it's been good to to have you. Um, different year at, at uh, Dowling. And as it's all winding down, I don't think everything's set in stone, is it? No, no, it's been an unusual year, and um, first of all, we're always glad to work with our Catholic elementaries here in, in the Des Moines area. We're all part of one team, and so they send us great students, so we were glad to accommodate Holy Trinity, and, you know, that's a good example. We did a, a similar event for our seniors. Uh, we, we called it our senior send-off, and with the configuration here, you know, we have several different parking lots, so we... Uh, 
we're able to have our uh, students come into uh, one of our lots and kind of get together, and then they had a, a parade through the other uh, lots with their cars, and luckily no one was hurt, uh, <laughs> and uh, no, no car wrecks or anything. No, nobody toppled <laughs> off the sunroof that they were kind of standing there giving their uh, beauty exactly queen right. waves as they did. Yeah, yeah but um, their parents then were able to come, and they made you know signs and decorated their cars, and then... Um, it was really nice. Uh, uh, Larry, one of our beloved custodians uh, here, led the parade. He was our grand marshal on his uh, golf cart. <laughs> and then um, actually uh, Wendy Krieghauser and a few other parents kind of organized a, uh, a free lunch for the seniors. And so at the end of the parade route, uh, they picked up a lunch from Cude and um, were able to take that with them and, and go maybe rejoin their family or some of their friends you know i think a lot of them gathered in parking lots and such and so yeah it's just one of those examples of how everyone's had to adjust and and make the best of a difficult situation it's it's really brought out the innovation from everyone Mm, okay and and something they'll be able to talk about yeah in 2020 (laughs) 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 so so there is a free lunch after all in this world although their parents would say well four years of tuition (laughs) (laughs) that's right and any festivities as well. So glad also to have Deacon Vernon Dobelman with us from St. Albert's Schools. Uh, uh, Deacon Vernon, you know, this is called Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. So, you know, you, you've been an, an, an educator and administrator, but you've had, you've had kind of an interesting life path, right? You've had, what are some of your others? And we kind of think about uh, what's going on with uh, up in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Um, you know, it... Uh I, I think every day it seems like there there are challenges, and uh, and I guess I'm approaching my 21st anniversary as a deacon, and uh, and so I, um, you know, I, I think this year of going through uh, um, through what we've gone through in uh, in the education world with the pandemic and everything, um, I I um, it just never ceases to amaze me what we see, and, and now with all of the events in, in Minneapolis, um, I come from the St. Louis area, so I was very familiar with uh, Ferguson uh, when that all happened in a uh, few years back, and I just it, it just breaks my heart to see uh, how we as fellow human beings uh, treat one another at different times, and so um the people of minneapolis and and other cities and and just all of the major cities where you know crime is is so rampant and i follow the statistics of chicago and st louis in particular just because i have connections there and and just to see the regular uh, uh, level of shootings and killings and uh, then obviously when we have questionable behavior by uh, those in authority, it just uh, makes the problem even worse. So it's definitely been a sad time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I may uh, just uh, refer, you, uh, you had a career in law enforcement, uh, did you not, before entering education and uh, being a I did. My very, my very first position after I graduated from college, I have a degree in criminal justice, and I was a St. Louis County police officer, and and so I am familiar with uh, the racial tensions and, and things like that that exist. And, and uh, just the overall, you know, police officers will tell you about the, you know, the number of domestic violence and disturbance cases that they're called to. And, and uh, sometimes I think we can, uh, you know, if we've been blessed to grow up in a home that has been wholesome and, 
and uh, pretty functional and, and holy, uh, we may not have a clear picture of what other folks are experiencing. And so um, I've been worried about the, uh, the, the mental health issues of folks ever since the societal shutdown because you've taken away a lot of the support systems, and by having everyone in their homes, you've uh, kind of eliminated their avenues of escape. And so, uh, you know, as tensions rise on a normal circumstance to exacerbate those conditions, it certainly is uh, kind of creating a situation that is somewhat likely to explode in certain points. And I think now we've just had events that have made that more likely to uh, to be a struggle here for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe just going with this vein of uh, conversation here for a little bit longer. Um, for a, a police officer, law enforcement, uh, how much is fear a dynamic in, you know, in stepping into some of these volatile situations? Or is it just the kind of the training of the job that you kind of, there's a kind of checking of that, that you you just go into motion and, and that? Or is that a real dynamic that, that lends itself to the stress and the, the uncertainty of, of these situations and how one reacts? There, there, there is a lot of uncertainty in it, and, and you can have good training, but you're making split-second decisions at times. I guess what disturbed me in the video is, um, to me, the situation looked resolved, but I won't make a judgment based upon the little bit of evidence that I've, I've just seen on, on TV. But, but um, I, you know, I had been in situations to where, uh, you know, when when you're called to a house where burglary in progress and you pull up to the house and you can see flashlights in the house and you know individuals are in there and you you enter, you know, you're going to be making a split decision if someone is going to end up trying to take you out as the officer. And uh, I've been on the wrong end of a gun already. And, and the your your training kicks in, but let's, let's not uh, forget that emotions and um, and other factors play into that when you're making those split-second decisions. So it's a tough job, and in today's world, when uh, there are so many uh, uh, people armed and uh, just all of the other circumstances in our society that are present, um, I most of our police officers do a fantastic job, and they do it under some very difficult circumstances. Amen. Amen. And so uh, kind of thank you for indulging me there. And, uh, uh, you know, perhaps uh, your your former uh, employment, kind of good training for being a chief administrator <laughs> in the school system. Talk about sli- split-second decisions <laughs> under <Yeah>. duress <laughs> for both of you. That's right. <laughs> you've, you've weathered a lot. Um, and that, this is not a, a gotcha question again. Uh, I know we, we kind of anticipate talking mainly about the, the joyful occasion of <laughs> Saying farewell to your seniors, but uh, uh, how you know? I, one of the things that strikes me is they note that the South Minneapolis that uh, there's well over 100 schools where over 90 percent of the students are, are persons of color, which means that you know the kind of Anglo uh, you know population, the Caucasian population is very small. How in the schools that uh, you oversee, Dowling Catholic and uh, Saint Albert, how is diversity not simply the lived reality, but how is it engaged in, in different ways and why what might uh, hopefully uh, not just diffuse but uh, help to kind of even create a different culture that would uh, transcend some of the, the racial differences 
Well, at Dowling Catholic, this has been something that we've was in my three years here has been a topic of conversation, and um, and even before I arrived, and many people fail to realize that um, at Dowling, our population is twenty eight percent diverse, and that grows by one or two percent every year. Uh, that I've been here, and probably in the last ten years, it's grown by fifteen percent. So it's been a, a very significant um, shift, and one that we're very pleased with, and it's. Definitely connected with uh, uh, the increase in our ability to provide tuition assistance, like through the Catholic Tuition Organization, which is a great, uh, I'll give it a quick plug, great program for students to be able to come to Catholic school and for donors. So if you ever want to check into that, do that. But what that has brought is a realization of um, to fulfill our mission, you know, to be a Catholic school for all, then we have to have the programs for all. And so we have uh, students that in all populations that are going to excel and some that are going to struggle. And so we've gotten uh, stronger in making sure that we can meet all of those students' academic needs. Um, I think that we've really worked to make sure everybody feels like they're getting a personalized education here. So how is it that if you're coming from a different group um, or a new group, for example, uh, one of the groups the uh, that is in some of the elementaries are the Burmese population, and they really haven't quite arrived at Dowling yet. But how do we prepare for them? What are their kind of cultural connections? And so we do different things. You know, for example, I've had I've had parent meetings with different uh, um, groups from uh, Latino. Um, we've had uh, invited some of our African uh, students' parents in just to talk to us. We've sat down to have special lunches with them to hear about their lived experience here. And then we've done a lot of training as well. Um, first, we did quite a bit with the staff and helping them understand that and helping um, even train our students. Uh, we spend a lot more time with our freshmen now from all of our schools, helping them understand each other and um, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate from language to other things and what does it mean in one uh, group's um, norm when you do something. And that's even led to a class that's starting this year called Dowling 101 where not only are we talking about those things, but just what does it mean to be a Maroon? You know, what does it mean to be a leader for life centered on Christ and actually training him in those things? So it's, it's a great aspect. It makes us a richer school, uh, but it takes a lot of due diligence to make it come together. Thank you. And uh, and uh, Deacon Vernon, the Council Bluffs area, becomes increasingly diverse with the Latino population and others. Is that becoming represented in some way at St. Albert's? Well, it, it, it is to a limited degree, but we are, uh, we are certainly looking at how can we expand that outreach. And I think uh, the diocesan program that was offered earlier this uh, fall, this past fall, we, um, you know, we engaged in, in conversation. We had some of our leadership from the school present, and, and uh, we worked with, um, with the pastor over at Corpus Christi on a little bit more regular basis. And having these discussions, and um, so we've, we've got room for improvement and room to grow there, um, but as our whole administrative team is, is new and we're, we're looking at all of those things, uh, that is part of the discussion as well about how can we grow in this area. Thank you. Thank you. So third week of March, the world changes in the United States, and uh, suddenly uh, we're doing remote learning and that transition, and how did that go, and uh, was there a digital divide as we kind of con- are thinking about you know those who who had the technology immediately available to them and those who maybe didn't at home? Well, that's true. They, oh, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, Deacon. 
Okay. Um, for, for us, I, I know that was certainly a case in, in regard to even some of the homes not having Internet and uh, other ones that um, didn't have enough devices in their home. So if all of a sudden you have three or four children that are being homeschooled and both mom and dad are working remotely, uh, there was a lot of uh, demand for, for devices and for, uh, for good connections to the Internet. So, so that was... Uh, was a challenge in some of our uh, areas, but uh, we we navigated through them as as best we were able. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Ryan, and just like you were talking about there at St. Albert's, we we uh, went to a virtual education model. Um, I think on March 26th, so we had a spring break in there where we were making the transition. Um, the governor's announcement had come out, and so we immediately went to a, a, a mandatory required. Um, for all of our students, I believe St. Albert's did something similar, and um, and it was it was amazing and frightening <laughs> all at the same time. And our, our our joke was, well, if you told us we were going to do this, it would have taken three years and a hundred thousand dollars, but uh, we did it in a week. <laughs> Uh, but Deacon is right. We we distributed a lot of uh, Chromebooks. Uh, we surveyed our families really quickly on who had internet access. Uh, it was a smaller need than we assumed it would be, so that was positive. Um, and I always joke that, well, those students I know they're watching YouTube at home, so they've got to have internet somehow. Um, <laughs> but we were able to work through that. Um, I think some of the things that we, as we went into the program. You know, we were able to get to our teachers and, and some of our, our, we really had leadership emerge from our tech integrationists and others who just had skills to train the other teachers. But then you come to realize we always assume students know all of the technology tools. And our learned reality was is when we get them back here in the fall, we're going to definitely spend some time immediately <laughs> training everyone. Can I get in on those sessions? With <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. We've got about 20 <laughs> seconds left. So as you, each kind of class, senior class has its own personality, what would be some adjectives both of you would throw out for your seniors as they bid farewell, the mark they've left on your schools? About 10, 15 seconds each. <laughs> I just would say Go ahead, uh, Dr. Dan. an outstanding group of leaders. Um, they, they've done great things in, in the class. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Love that song. <laughs> he added to my playlist. It's taking me back. It's taking me back. 
All right, welcome back. We have our two guests for just a few more minutes. Hey, thanks for hanging in there, and we want to give proper uh, cred to our <laughs> seniors. So you're talking about leaders, uh, Dr. Ryan, any other uh, adjectives, and then uh, Deacon Vernon. So I, I was just saying there, uh, you know, they've been great leaders in the classroom. They've done outstanding things and uh, on the athletic courts and performing arts, and, um, and so we're going to really miss them. They were a great, uh, great class. Okay, and Deacon Vernon. I would echo all of what Dr. Ryan just said and just add in for our own school we uh, to show the level of success of our students. Uh, we had 40 graduates, uh, over 5,000 worth of service hours during this shortened year, um, and we had uh, scholarship totals worth over $2 million for our 40 graduates. So I am so happy for all of them, and uh, I think a, a word of praise to their parents and the grandparents and all who supported them in their journey to this point. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, may they uh, not just live long and prosper, but may their faith continue to flourish. And they've got two great examples of leadership in both of you uh, to to look to. And so thank you for all you do in in carrying forth the mission of these uh, schools of excellence, schools where the culture of faith and life uh, take root in a deep way. So bless you and your mission, and may you maybe at some point get a little downtime for the intensity of this year. Thank you both for being with us. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Bishop. Yeah. Kind of thinking, you know, high uh, school graduation and today's feast of uh, St. Paul VI, you know, uh, canonized by Pope Francis. And so Paul VI, who died in 1978, uh, the summer of my, my senior year after graduation. I didn't turn 18 until July. And, of course, then they raised the drinking age. Uh, I stayed a week beforehand. but uh, You totally I, follow the rules, right? Yeah. Well, the, you know, this is confidential information. But, yeah, with some of my buddies up in Clear Lake. I remember it very well. We didn't go to the surf ballroom, but uh, coming back on uh, Interstate and the radio was playing and they announced that Paul VI had died and uh, oh. Castel San Gandolfo. And, uh, you know, I was ready to head to Iowa State, but I was just thinking, oh, that kind of brought me back to, you know, the world of faith and who was I? What was I about? And uh, didn't know how mysteriously God using some of these things, you know, in that year of the year of three popes, 1978, uh, with Paul hmm. VI, John Paul I, and John Paul the second, so very yeah, interesting. very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so you know, God didn't let me go off the deep end too much uh, mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. uh, so, Kelly, you're you're back with us. You're you you're always got your finger on the pulse of culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, there's this article out there that did, and the the title is, "Did Pope Francis's Prayer Stop the Worst of COVID nineteen in Italy?" And uh, there's a chart here that says when he did the Urbi Urbi et Orbi. Eucharistic blessing on March 27th. There's actually a chart that shows that it peaked on that day and that the numbers went down in Italy. So that was pretty interesting that, um, you know, he prayed and did a Eucharistic blessing at St. Peter's Square and um, the numbers did in fact go down after that consistently afterwards. So that was pretty interesting. And then... Yeah, the, very interesting. And, you know, that prayer to the icon of Mary, Mary, the Savior of the Roman people, and uh, mm-hmm. the cross that had delivered people from the plague before. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of one once in a while who's a little wary of saying, well, we can empirically prove what the, the fruits sure. of faith and prayer are. But it's nice when it does kind of seem to coincide in a yeah, way that uh, is mysterious. So I believe you, Kelly. <laughs> you don't even have to help my unbelief on, okay. on this one. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and related to COVID-19, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in um, the Holy Land reopens on Sunday. Um, that was closed. To, it was closed for two months because of COVID-19. Totally. So, wow. Were there any people locked in there? You know, they have that custom of people being locked in the church to make overnight vigil there. So, yeah. I, you don't have I to don't do, think so. You don't have to do the research. Did they, they finally let them out? Yeah, you know, two months kinda, later they finally kinda, let them out. They kind of dropped supplies <laughs> through the windows <laughs> up above, yeah. you know. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Look, oh, secret resurrected. They are risen. <laughs> yeah. So. And um, yeah. So then the uh, Knights of Columbus, the, the founder of the Knights of Columbus, the priest. Let me just pull up Father his Michael name McGivney. Here. There you go. Uh-huh. He is going to be beatified. Um, pulling up the article here. You probably. Know. That's been a long time coming. So, but yeah. yes. And he, so, uh, you know, he was the news of our it. own uh, churches opening up, uh, something to share, but uh, stay tuned to your you know, website and media. Right. All right. So, uh, that's, this has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our guests and all of our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska. And you can listen- hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.